Welcome to the Dermatology Podcast, the official podcast of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. I'm Christopher Horskamp. And I'm Sechirumitvar. And we are your hosts. Every month, the JEADV chooses and highlights four articles in a section called Editor's Picks. Today, we explore the Editor's Picks for May 2021. We will be exploring the topics Melanoma Care in Europe, Immune Checkpoint Inhibition and COVID-19, acne burden, and secondary syphilis. But before we get into that... EADV Live will host a webcast update on non-invasive technique for melanoma and non-melanoma skin cancer with Associate Professor Katerina Longo on the 9th of June at 2 p.m. Central European Time. For more information on how to watch it live and even ask questions to the speaker, go to www.eadv.org under education. And... Have you ever thought about being the editor-in-chief of a scientific journal? This may be your chance. The ADV is creating a new open-access sister journal to the JADV called JADV Clinical Practice. We'll fill you in with more information after today's editor's picks. And now? How does Europe measure up for melanoma care? In a web-based survey of experts from melanoma centers in 27 European countries, L. Kandov Sekolovic from the Military Medical Academy in Belgrade, Serbia, and co-authors analyzed the extent to which the European Cancer Organization's essential requirements for quality melanoma care were met in 2019. Initial estimates from the study suggest that the involvement of a higher number of professionals in patient care could contribute to lower mortality rates. The authors emphasize the necessity of promoting several strategies for an optimal melanoma care pathway, including the greater involvement of general physicians in melanoma detection and of highly trained dermatologists in dermoscopy, dermatosurgery, follow-up in the systemic treatment of melanoma, as well as ongoing dermato-oncology training for pathologists, surgeons, dermatologists, and oncologists. They suggest that future studies should confirm these estimates. Although the authors did not mention COVID-19 as it was a 2019 study, it will be interesting to see how optimal melanoma care will evolve in the post-COVID era. Indeed, in the spring of 2021, we are currently seeing a large impact on the delayed detection of cancers, making the optimal care of melanoma and other cancers a high priority for the medical community. However, as the authors state, future studies will need fully established cancer registries in the majority of European countries in order for the data to be reliable. A case study of immune checkpoint inhibition in the context of COVID-19. Cancer patients are at a higher risk of severe COVID-19 infection. However, patients with an active tumor disease face a fatal outcome if diagnostic measures and or tumor therapy are postponed. Many cancers are treated by therapies which can help the immune system fight, called monoclonal antibodies, of which immune checkpoint inhibitors are a newer type. They work on checkpoints or molecules on immune cells that can be used by sneaky cancer cells so that the immune system turns on or off to create an immune response. Patients receiving immune checkpoint inhibitors such as those with metastatic skin cancer may develop symptoms consistent with immune-related adverse events, COVID-19 infection or both. 
In a letter to the editor, Misbah Ahmed from the University Cancer Center and National Center for Tumor Diseases in Dresden, Germany, and co-authors describe a case study of an elderly woman with metastatic melanoma treated with immune checkpoint inhibitors and subsequently infected with and recovering from COVID-19. Of particular relevance is the recently supported notion that treatment with immune checkpoint inhibitors doesn't appear to be an additional risk factor for severe COVID-19 infection. Although vigilance is definitely required in patients treated with immune checkpoint inhibitors, its treatment should be provided if indicated. The authors urge that cancer care, including cancer screening, diagnosis, treatment and post-treatment surveillance, should be provided following strict measures to control COVID-19. A new questionnaire to assess acne burden. Questionnaires addressing acne-related quality of life exist in the literature, however not in regard to the impact of acne on the daily life of our adult patients. Therefore, B. Drano from the University of Nantes in France and colleagues developed a short, 14-item, easy-to-use, self-administered questionnaire that is specific to acne patients, available in U.S. English and in French. The score can be easily graded from no to severe burden. Interestingly, Their work involved a multidisciplinary approach, with a team comprising dermatologists, psychologists, social workers, and patient-reported outcome experts, reflecting the wide-ranging impact of the disease. The authors describe it as the first tool permitting the dermatologist to quickly evaluate and quantify the burden of acne in daily practice. Such feedback can help both clinicians and patients initiate a comprehensive discussion about their acne. The authors uphold that the evaluation of acne burden is the basis of a holistic approach to acne, a necessary part of its successful management. Secondary syphilis and immunotherapy. In a thought-provoking case study, Caroline Lefer from Angers University Hospital France and colleagues suggest that serological results for syphilis may be misleading in rituximab-treated patients with syphilis presentation, particularly given that the use of new immunotherapies is increasing along with a wide range of indications for rituximab from oncology to autoimmune diseases. This diagnostic dilemma is relevant to practice. The authors describe a 33-year-old male treated with rituximab for multiple sclerosis, whose treponemal test, TT, a test often used to check for syphilis, was initially non-reactive despite having a typical rash for at least 12 days. It took over three weeks after symptom onset for the soroconversion or development of antibodies to occur, but it was weak and other tests repeatedly remained negative, namely Venereal Disease Research Laboratory, VDRL, and Troponema Pallidum Particle Agglutination, TPPA, assays. A polymerase chain reaction, called PCR, is a genetic test that can analyze pieces of DNA. As a PCR test was positive upon biopsy, penicillin injections were recommended for the patient, which resulted in marked improvement. 
Therefore, the authors emphasize that PCR testing and immunohistochemistry on biopsy samples should be considered in patients receiving rutuximab whose syphilis presentation and serologic test results may be misleading. Our first article was Which Medical Disciplines Diagnose and Treat Melanoma in Europe in 2019? A survey of experts from melanoma centers in 27 European countries by Kandov Sekulovich and co-authors. Our second article was COVID-19 and Immune Checkpoint Inhibitors by Misbah Ahmed and co-authors. Our third article was Impact of Acne on the Daily Life of Adult Patients Building a Self-Administered Patient Questionnaire by Drano and co-authors. Our fourth article was Serological Diagnosis of Secondary Syphilis in a Rutuximab-Treated Patient, an Emerging Diagnostic Challenge by Carolyn Lefer and co-authors. Of course, all of the research presented today can be found in the Journal of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venerology. Though you can find free access and open access articles, EADV members benefit greatly by having access to all articles and content. So Sachel, you, you mentioned something about the search for a new editor-in-chief of the upcoming sister journal, the JEADV. What's going on with that? It's an exciting new opportunity. The ADV invites nominations for the editor-in-chief of the JADV Clinical Practice, a new peer-reviewed open access journal. It will be a companion title to the JADV, featuring clinically-oriented educational content as well as cutting-edge research. And what will be the editor-in-chief's role? The selected candidate will ensure a successful launch and development of the journal. We are looking for someone with a clear vision for this publication, who is an advocate and ambassador for open access publishing and open science. Full details, application criteria and nomination procedure can be found on the ADV website. The deadline for applications? The deadline for the submission of nominations is 9 June 2021. Well, that's coming right up. Yes, so those interested should move quickly. Thank you for sharing the information. And a special thank you to all of our listeners out there. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, or otherwise find us on any major podcast provider. We appreciate you joining us and look forward to presenting more interviews, research, and other topics of merit. So until the next episode, take care of your skin.